0: This morning, our New Testament lesson is gonna come from the book of Hebrews. From Hebrews chapter 12, we'll be reading verses one through three of Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. Let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners, that you may not grow weary or lose heart. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I was reading this passage today. I was talking about witnesses and clouds, crowds. And it got me thinking about um, all that... I, I miss in this season that we're living in right now. I, I know many of us, I, 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 my heart especially broke last semester for seniors that had their senior year uh, look a little different, uh, very different, rather. Um, I, I'm sad now for our college kids that are having quite a different on campus experience than many of us had. And so the things that I miss really are kind of trivial uh, compared to the things that some of our students and some of, our, some of, our, some of us that can't visit our loved ones like, we, like we'd like to. I know I, that's something I've uh, been through. My parents are older. And so I've not been able to visit them as often as I would like in this season. So we've all been through those things. We've all had some serious, some serious um, challenges and some serious things that we've missed in this season. But as I thought about that, there, there's some other things that I missed that aren't, that aren't quite as, um, as important as those things. I miss a good buffet. You know, I used to go over to Mama Hamel sometimes, and I just eat till I got sick. And I know that's probably that's sinful, gluttony. But uh, man, I miss that. I I really I really I really miss it. I miss I miss the the human contact and human touch. I'm I'm a I'm a handshaker. Now I'm not a hugger. It may surprise you to know that, because me being as outgoing as I am, you might think that I'm a hugger. I'm really not a hugger. I'm I'm a handshaker. I miss that. I miss the physical handshake and the touching. I, I, earlier today, I bopped somebody upside the elbow, and it's just not the same. So I, I told everybody, when we get back to normal, whenever that is, now everybody er, now there's only everybody getting a hug. I mean, a handshake. Everybody's getting a hug. I'm I'm hugging everybody. I'm telling you, when we get back to normal, when I'm at the back of the church shaking hands, uh-uh, y'all better get ready. I'm hugging. I'm hugging everybody. Everybody's getting a big old hug from me, and I'm not even a hugger. But I miss that. But what I really miss is—I miss crowds. Um, I love—I love a crowd. I love the energy that comes from a crowd. That's, that's why, I, like, when I think about going to ball games, some of my, some of the best memories I have at ball games are as much about the energy pulsing through the crowd that I was part of. It, as much as it was with the actual events happening on the field. There's something about that energy of a crowd. I think about that, I think about that with music. I, 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 I didn't go to a ton of concerts, but I love I loved the times that I've gone to concerts. And to me, the best moment of any concert, I, I do this sometimes, I'll go watch YouTube videos of these. I love the moment in a concert when the band or the singer plays the song that everyone knows, that's their popular hit and their popular song, and the band stops singing it, or the person will stop singing, and the crowd will just sing along. Bruce Springsteen has that with Thunder Road. Um, uh, U2 has that with some of their great songs, Coldplay, others. I, I love, I love, I love the, the feeling I've had in my life when I've been to Christian concerts, David Crowder Band or Chris Tomlin, when, the, when, when, when they stop singing and the crowd starts singing and there's just this, this feeling. I love it in church. I, lo- I miss it in church whenever we're not able to sing as much as we'd like to. I miss that crowd. I miss that. I really do miss that energy. I love, the, I love a crowd. I do. I, I miss being in crowds. I joke with Holly. I, I don't think anything would suit Holly better than to live out in the middle of nowhere surrounded by no one. Out in the country, I think that would thrill her soul more than anything in life. I want to live in downtown New Orleans, <laughs> so we've got we've kind of got opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of what we would enjoy. She would love being out in the country like that. Where I would love, oh my gosh, how cool would it be to walk outside your house to walk out into a crowd? Wouldn't that be amazing? You know, I guess we're all wired a little differently like like that, aren't we? I, I love I love a crowd. Today's passage that we read from kind of lays out in a crowd type of dynamic. Because it starts off, Hebrews 12, verse 1. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside the weight and the sin that clings so tightly and let us run with perseverance the race set before us. The the cloud that is talking about is what we just finished the last five six weeks. That cloud of witnesses that we talked about in Hebrews chapter eleven. We read their stories in Hebrews eleven. We've read their stories in um in the Old Testament. That cloud, those stories that have gone before us. This is a very this is the book of Hebrews, which is written to a very Jewish audience. But that's a very Roman concept he's talking about here. Um, some of my favorite places in, in the Holy Land are these, um, these Roman, these ruins of Roman cities. Because in every Roman city, every Roman colony, every Roman town, you're going to have some common things. You're going to have these, the main uh, Broadway that comes through town, the main street that comes right through the middle of town. But you're going to have in every Roman city, in every Roman village, you're going to have this, this athletic arena, a hippodrome. And you're going to have the amphitheater. You're going to have these places where the crowd would gather. They would gather in the amphitheater to hear the singing, or more like, more likely to hear or watch a play, a Roman drama. You would have that, but you would have the hippodrome. The hippodrome would be like, think of like a Churchill Downs. It would be a, a huge arena where people would come to watch the chariot races. And this was gonna be right in the center of town. I'm thinking of Caesarea Maritama, right on the coast. Um, And you literally got off your boat on the harbor. And one of the first things you saw was the Hippodrome, the horse arena, right there. As soon as you walked into the town, that's been one of the very first things you saw. That was very central to not just the town, but central to that identity of what a Roman town, what a Roman colony, what a Roman city would look like. It was going to have this place where the crowds would gather to watch the athletic competition. So when you have, you have the writer of Hebrews here, he's painting this picture as very much what the people of that day would kind of be familiar with since we're surrounded by this cloud of witnesses we've seen in Romans 11, since we're surrounded by this cloud of witnesses that are all around us, let us run the race set before us. Let us lay aside the sin and the weight that weighs us down and let us run this race that is laid before us. It almost has that feel of that athletic competition where you have the crowd watching and cheering on as the competitor, ran that race, it's very much that athletic competition. We, one of the things that I believe it's important for us to realize, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Ecclesiastes, which says there's nothing new under the sun the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about running the race. We're going to have some different services. We're going to have a laity Sunday, where we're going to highlight the laity of our church. We're going to have a children's Sabbath, where we highlight the children and their ministry within us. And then we're going to have our last Sunday of the month, our, our time of commitment. This is our stewardship month. And that always looks a little—this is look a little—I've— I've been preaching for, this is my 20th year under appointment in the United Methodist Church. I've never had a stewardship season like this. <laughs> this, is, this is definitely a unique moment for stewardship. But I want to say this to you, St. Matthews. I want to be very transparent. When, when COVID started, when this whole thing started, I was about as worried as I've ever been in my ministry. Because I, I didn't know what the future was going to, I didn't know what this year was going to be like. I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know anything. And I remember sitting in the hallway of the church one day talking with Jennifer Landris, our financial secretary, and saying, Jennifer, how, now how many weeks can we go without taking any offerings to we're hurting? <laughs> like really bad, like have no money left? And I did the math, and it was kind of scary. I don't know if I've ever been more proud of a church Than I've been of you in this season. I don't think I have. I truly think, as a pastor, serving you in this season has been the most humbling experience of my life. Because I was worried, I was afraid. but you've stepped up, church. You have been so, so, so faithful. And I can't thank you enough. I can't thank you enough for how faithful you've been. So thought our church to continue to be faithful in our ministries. We, we've been able to hire a new youth pastor during COVID. <laughs> you know? We've been able to bring in new staff member. We've been able to 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 take up treats and happies and and gifts for our law enforcement. We've been able to support ministries. We've been able to to support Madcap. We've We've been able to do so many different things because you've been faithful. You've been faithful. So this stewardship season, what I'm asking of you is gonna be what we talked about here, is to keep running the race that you're running. Keep being faithful. You know, I pre-record. The online service, the online sermon. This is, I'm, I'm actually a little inside baseball. I'm filming this on a Wednesday night. I just saw some of the youth kind of go by to go to their small groups. And right now, I don't know if Frank's over there at the organ somehow, somewhere. He was earlier. I'm looking out at an empty crowd right now. There's nobody here. And I, I commented on Facebook a few weeks back. I Maybe mean, it was last week. How weird it is for me right now, and not. not even how, it, it's not weird. It's weird that I'm used to preaching this hard <laughs> to an empty building. So I'm looking directly at the camera. That's where I'll look now. But I'm looking around, and the pews and they're empty. There's no one in here. There, there's no one in. Here. That's why I'm not wearing my mask right There's no one in here. And a friend of mine commented, "Said, well, Andy, you know the church is always with you." And I said, and I'll come I and said, that's exactly what I'm preaching on next week. Because while there's no one here and there's no one behind me, I'm not alone. I'm in the church right now, I'm surrounded by a mighty cloud of witnesses. All these saints who have gone before. All these saints who have walked this path before here in this church, all these saints who have gone before me in my life, who have now gone on to be with the Lord, I'm not walking this path right now by myself. I'm not in this building by myself, but I am with Christ's body, the church. Even if I can't see them, I know they're here. I'm surrounded by a mighty cloud of witnesses. I'm surrounded by so many who love the Lord, who have served the Lord, who have been with the Lord, who are with the Lord now. And you are too, friends. You are too. We may feel alone. We may feel alone right now, but we're not. We're not. We're surrounded by Christ's body, the church. We're never alone. We see in this text, this mighty cloud of witnesses. Think back to what we've talked about these last few weeks. All these saints have gone through. Yet Abel literally murdered first faith in God. Abraham left behind all they had. Joseph, Isaac, Jacob, David, the judges. So many. Rahab, so many. We're surrounded by these witnesses and we're surrounded by their example. We may feel scared or alone or angry or confused or forgotten. We're not. We're not. We're not alone, y'all. We're not the first to walk this path, y'all. We're not the first person to first people to go through difficult times. We're not the first people to, to to keep going, keep the church going in difficult times. We're not the first person to people to figure out how to serve Jesus in difficult times. We're not the first person to go through these things. We're not, y'all. We may feel like we are. And I think what's so bad about COVID is it makes us feel isolated. We feel like we're apart, but we're not. We're not the first folks to go through this. We're not the first people to face opposition. We're not the first people to be afraid. We're not the first people to be alone. We're not the first people to feel all this. We're not, y'all. We're not. We're surrounded by this mighty cloud of witnesses who've gone before us, who've dealt with what we've dealt with. Look to their example. Look to what they've gone through. Look to who they are. Look back. Look at those who have walked before us. We're not the first to go through this, y'all. We're not. Run the race set before you, friends. Run that race. I've always liked those. Clutch situations in sports, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's third and five and you need to pass or it's fourth down, it's fourth quarter. If, you, if you're a football fan, you can think of a time when your team has faced a, a fourth quarter where the, the other team's driving the ball and it's third and two, it's fourth and one. And, and you see your team dig in. You see them dig in. I think, I think, about, I think about baseball, you know, you think about the late innings. You know, it's three, 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 two count man on second, two outs. And a pitcher throws a, throws a high pitch trying to brush off the plate. And what's the batter do? He digs in. He dig. he takes his cleats, digs in. Uh Uh-uh, you're not getting me off this plate. Uh -uh. Uh-uh, uh-uh, nah, this this is my plate. Uh Uh-uh, you're not backing me off. You see the defensive lineman get down in a stance. You see him dig in. Nah, you're, not, you're not getting me off the ball. No, you're not. I'm digging in. I'm digging in. You may beat me, but it won't be because I rolled over. You may beat me, but it wasn't because I didn't give my best effort. We're surrounded by a mighty cloud of witnesses who have seen so much and done so much and they're with us now as the church, the communion of saints, they're with us now. We have their examples ahead of us. We face tough times, sure, but we're not the first ones to ever face tough times. We're not the first ones to face struggles or worries or doubts or fears. We're not not the first ones. I don't like conflict. never have. One of the things that God's told me so many times in my ministry, when conflict comes up or a church is going through a difficult time, part of me just wants to not deal with it, run away, avoid the conflict, the trouble. So often in my ministry, God told me, no, dig in, son, dig in, don't run, don't get scared, don't go hide, dig in. Dig in. We're surrounded by a mighty cloud of witnesses who have run this race before us. And it's our turn. It's our turn. And it's our time to keep running. We've been handed the baton. And right now, It's up to us to dig in. It's up to us to keep running the race. You've been so faithful this year, St. Matthews, and friends who have watched these services, you've been so faithful. As I said, I've been truly humbled by your faithfulness, by your service, by what you've done and by who you are. And right now, in this stewardship season, dig in. Keep running the race. Keep steadying the course ahead of you. Keep giving what you have, you've given so faithfully. Not just through your tithes and offerings to our church, but through gifts to help ministries. Keep serving. Service may look difficult now and different, Keep serving. Keep worshiping, either in person or online. Keep plugged into small community communities. Keep, keep giving witness of your faith always. Keep being the church. Keep being this body. Keep being faithful. I am blown away by how faithful you have been this year. And I've said it often, and I mean it each time, our greatest days are yet to come. Greater things are yet to come. Thank you, St. Matthews, for being so faithful in this difficult season. Keep running the race set before us. Look to the example of those who have gone before us. This mighty cloud of witnesses cheering for us like they're in the arena. And run the race. You've been so faithful. Keep running the race set before you. And know that as we run it together, as I run, as you run, as we run together, God's going to do great things. Every morning, I do a little online devotional. A lot of mornings, I end it with this saying, I love you guys. And I do. I love you guys. Thank you for the honor of letting me be your pastor. And thank you for how you've run the race. Let's keep running. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, I, I, I thank you for this church and for how faithful St. Matthew's has been in this season. God, give us your grace to be faithful and to run the race set before us now and the days to come. We love you. We ask it in Jesus' sweet and holy name. Amen.